Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in, turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Uh-huh. Always have and always will. There ain't no other kind of music in the world that gives me quite the thrill. When I oh, you're going to hear that one tonight. You're going to hear a lot of great tunes tonight. Down at the Town Common, it's tonight our concert on the Common. This is the makeup from a rainout. The legendary Embers with our friend and colleague, the great Craig Woolard. Ben Byram over there on the ones and twos. Hey, man. That's how Craig greets you when he sees you, doesn't he? Yeah, every time. We used to see Craig a lot when he was starting his show, but uh, the band was not out touring because of COVID and all that. And, you know, he was learning the ropes of radio to get his show off the ground. And, And Craig's so good on that show. He's so... He's so personable. And uh, I really, you know, I've known Craig a little bit, but it was really good to get to know Craig, as we both have really in the last year. That's one of the positives, I would say, out of the last 16, 17 months is that we kind of got to know Craig Woolard. And again, I knew him, but I didn't know him, know him. And he's just, what a guy. What a guy. Uh, And Craig is so good, and the Embers are so good, and they're about, I think they're out doing four or five shows a week again. Uh, including tonight in Greenville Town Common coming up at 6 o'clock. Our concerts on the Common, absolutely free for you. We're going to have Mark Miller in a minute from 107.9 to preview it for us. But there are uh, plenty of uh, refreshments out there. There'll be beer. There'll be plenty of water. Uh, slush, Ice slushies for the kids. And food trucks. I know Ben has been killing the food trucks when he goes out there. That's my favorite part. That's your jam, the food trucks. So Mark Miller coming up in a few minutes. Also today, the return of a, the, the game show sensation sweeping the Pirate Nation. We're going to play the gas prices right. And not only are we going to play the gas prices right, we're going to give you a chance to win concert tickets. And it could be to, it's going to be your choice. We got three shows, right? Your choice. So stand by for that coming up. A little later in the hour, our pal Brian Mall from the Caddy Network will be with us. The British Open begins tomorrow. Starts at 2 in the morning. I think the TV coverage starts around 4 or 5. And uh, HV3 is in that, of course. So Brian Mall from the Caddy Network will preview that for us a little bit later on. Uh, plus... Speaking of sales, a uh, staple of my youth was was auctioned off today. I'll tell you about that coming up a little bit later on. Uh, But right now we go to the phone lines. He is the award-winning host of The Morning Rush, heard on 107.9 WNCT, 6 until 10 weekdays. Mark Miller joining us live from uh, a toasty town common where we're going to have the uh, concert on the common tonight. 
free of charge. The Embers featuring Craig Woolard. Hello, Mark. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, certainly toasty is the word. I am uh, currently standing under a tree. Pretty solid spot to be right now. And there are many trees still available. Ah. People have uh, put down their chairs right now, uh, getting their best, their favorite spots here at the uh, Town Common, looking right at the Greenville Toyota Amphitheater, where the band is setting up the legendary Embers with Craig Woolard. They are here, and they are ready to party. You know it's going to be a huge event whenever you see the name The Embers, right? Yeah. You know it's going to be big. You know it's going to be fun. You know the music's going to be some of the stuff you might expect and some of the stuff you might not. And uh, they're just going to, people are going to get going here, and, and you can tell they're excited. There are a lot of actual chairs already put down in, uh, in the middle of the town common here that I have not seen before. So you want to get your space as soon as humanly possible. Get the best seats in the house, although it's hard to find a bad one out here. Yeah. Free of charge tonight, Embers performing. I mean, that's world-class entertainment there, a legendary band. Uh, really no rain to speak of. You know, I was riding the car today, and I was looking, you know, daydreaming behind the wheel, which all good drivers should do, Mark. And I, I thought to myself, <laughs> my gosh, what a beautiful day. Now, it's hot, but it's a really beautiful day outside. And picturesque. And if yeah. If, if you remember when we started out this thing, we were supposed to kick off the concert in the common uh maybe a month and a half ago or yeah, so yeah. Or, or longer ago with the embers. And uh, if you had been driving around uh, daydreaming in your car that day and not paying attention to the road, which apparently you recommend, you mm -hmm. would have been thinking about how awful the weather was well, that day. I was in one of those days. I forget which one it was. I was driving and I was looking out the windshield of my car and I thought, you know, it's been a while since I've seen it rain sideways, but that's not the uh, <laughs> issue tonight. That's not the issue it's even at all today. I've seen things in front of my car. Uh, no, today is absolutely picture perfect. Yeah, it's uh, a little warm, but we have plenty of drinks thanks to the Junior League of Greenville. Yeah. The adult beverages are flowing. And uh, get your spot and get your drinks, get some food, and get ready to dance the night away and have a great time for sure. It's a beautiful night. We have great sponsors out there with tents. Go and uh, visit them. They have some raffle items. I mean, it's a... It's a thing, man. Uh, the great Mark Miller is with us uh, here as it's the Embers tonight down at the Town Common, our concert on the Common tonight, the penultimate show of the run this year featuring uh, the Embers featuring Craig Woolard. Uh, okay, time for some Philadelphia sports news for you here. Oh, Lord. It's kind of been, oh, no, I was going to say it's been quiet, but not today. I forgot about that. Today was a big thing. Oh, now, wait a minute. What are you speaking of here? What are you speaking of, oh, Philly sports fan? Uh, Adam Schefter talking about how the Eagles are the most likely team to sign to Sean Watson. I did not. Ben, you let me down on this. I asked Ben. I said, Ben, what's <laughs> oh, our Philly you know news what? today? I, I had no listening. idea. That was from an interview I heard this morning on a, um, on a, on a competitor? I saw my Twitter feed from oh. a Philadelphia sports talk station, and they, they actually had Schefter on, and he said they were the most likely. It's probably, you know, clickbait type of thing and ah okay but that that's enough of a can of worms to open if there's ever Boy, been one for is, sure. is it not how about that head coach because yeah. he's I, quite a character yeah i don't think that whole thing's been <laughs> resolved either has it uh the watson stuff's not really been resolved necessarily no no has not no no oh, i was gonna be i was that's gonna go like uh, i was gonna go pedestrian to just ask you about ben simmons but whatever because <laughs> oh, that's, just, that's the hot trade about news. Ben that's... Simmons, but I'm I'm not so tired of talking about Ben Simmons that I'd rather <laughs> talk about the uh, unsavory details of Deshaun Watson's massage parlor adventure. Yeah. So we can still talk about Ben Simmons. Hey, who was who is who represented the Phillies in the All Star game last night? 
Oh, well, that would be the uh, great, the best catcher in baseball, J.T. Realmuto. You might remember his uh-huh. home run last night and uh-huh. yet another National League losing effort. And um, uh, Zach Wheeler, who probably should have started the thing, they Zach put him Wheeler's in for dead. literally three outs. Oh, no, I'm sorry, three pitches. Ah. Three pitches, struck a dude out, and was pulled. That was worth his trip to Colorado, wasn't it? Go in, three pitches, <laughs> strike out, and then... Get I'm the sure showers. he had a fun time. I mean, geez, yeah, well, yeah. the All Star game for crying out loud, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah, he showed out pretty well, I'd say. So uh, fair to say, kind of a blah week for Philly sports in a way. <laughs> I'll take it. After <laughs> the week we've had, this is actually quite refreshing for us not to be in the national scene. Yeah. But if that Watson story gains any traction, oh, we'll Lord be, help us all. We'll be all over it. We're going to pull you in to break it uh, down for us from every angle. All right. Sounds, uh, sounds good, man. Mark Miller, he's out at the town uh, common. Concert on the common tonight, 6 o'clock, free. Mark, give us the hard sell. Let's do it. Concert on the common. The Embers featuring Craig Willard, a band you never want to miss if you are anywhere near them. They are in town tonight. The show is absolutely free. You plop your lawn chair down, and then you don't use it because you're going to be up dancing and uh, having a good time with your community here as we get set. The Greenville Toyota Amphitheater setting up. Get here sooner than 6 o'clock. It kicks off at 6 o'clock. We get here nice and early so you can get your spot, get your food, get your drink on, and get ready for a great show. And we'll see you tonight. I was talking about it. We were right at the very beginning as you were calling in. And I mean, I mean this sincerely. We got to know Craig over the last year because he started his show on 107.9. Sure. And what a, what a gem of a guy. He really is. Oh, he's he's nice marvelous. In the world. He really is. Yes, he's really marvelous. What a nice guy. He, Fun to be around. He's genuine. We we've met him without you know, you know the uh, the performance aspect of him just kind of being near him, and he's just he's that genuine in real life. It's yeah, true. yeah. Uh, other, you know, it's funny that it kind of goes that way. And some people are are nice, and some people are, are nightmares like myself off air. So there you go. It's either way. It's either way. All right. Uh, the great exactly. Mark Miller. Oh, exactly. Did you hear that, Ben? Did you hear oh, Miller? No, Did you hear Miller agree with that? That's all, all right. Absolutely. I know where we stand. I know where we stand now. All right. Uh, the great Mark Miller, the award-winning Mark Miller from the there Morning Rush, 107.9 WNCT. Check him out tomorrow morning. He'll have everything you need to know. Get your day going. Good to talk to you, buddy. Have fun. Stay cool. All right. Man. Hey, drive safe, too. All right? <laughs> Don't zone out behind the wheel. I know. Yes. I really thought that today. I thought, boy, what a beautiful day this is. What a great day. I actually heard the concert on the Common commercial. And I thought to myself, man, what a great day to have a concert because even though it's a gazillion degrees outside in my car, it was nice and cool, and it just looked pretty today. It's a pretty day today. Beautiful. Same thing today. on the way here. This yeah, morning. yeah, absolutely. Beautiful day today. Just, just a little warm. But look, go enjoy your beverages responsibly if you're of age. Mix a little water in there. Doesn't hurt to do that. But uh, it'll be great out there tonight. I, it's going to be fun. The Embers featuring our pal Craig Woolard. I uh, wanted to make mention, I didn't get a chance to do this yesterday, uh, but I wanted to send out some congrats. Uh, Brian Pascal, a name that is well-known around these parts. Uh, Brian, uh, I've always liked Brian. He's a heck of a guy. I've known him for years, even beyond his, uh, before his stint at Conley. Uh, but he's been a, a high school football coach near about everywhere in the East, it seems. Uh, he, he, of course, had that uh, situation at Conley that, uh, left there and led to Nate Connor, but you know Brian came in and really turned the Conley football program around, kind of set the foundation. Uh, he was at Washington. He was over at CBA Cock, I believe, for a little bit. Uh, trying to think where else uh, he he was 
in Martin County at Roanoke, I believe is what it was. Then most recently at Beargrass Charter, but he was hired on. It was approved Monday night by the uh, county school board. He's now the new head coach in Martin County of uh, Riverside Williamston, which uh, is, I mean, you talk about a great tradition in, in football. Our guy Harold Robinson was over there, involved in all of that for a while. He's the head coach, a legend over there. So, I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a pretty big deal. And um, congratulations to, uh, to Brian Paschal. Played at Wake Forest, now uh, the head coach, and, and one of uh, many stops for him at uh, Riverside Williamson. You ready to play a little uh, Guess Price is Right? Let's do that. Uh, you're virtually guaranteed to win concert tickets. We got three tickets, three concerts to give away tickets to. You want to give the options, Ben? You ready to do that? We you, Your choice of a pair of tickets to one of three shows. What are the three shows, Ben? Got Kings of Leon. Okay, that's at the Creek. Yep. All right. We have Brad Paisley. Also at the Creek, right? Yep. And then we have Brett Young. Brett Young is coming up at the uh, the amphitheater in downtown Raleigh, yeah, I believe. I is that right? Red Hat, the Red, Red Hat, Hat Amphitheater. Yep. So you have to go to the Triangle for these, but uh, still you get free tickets to go see concerts as uh, shows are firing back up. Your choice to win one of three tickets uh, if you want to uh, to do that. Uh, you're virtually guaranteed. Your choice. The gas price is right. We will play it next at two. Oh, call us. That's right, Ben. Yes, we're not on television. 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. And we will play the gas price is right when you call us next. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. We want more. Like, you really like it. You right. want more. On your flagship home of Pirate Baseball. 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com Pirate football lives on game days right here. Here we go! On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. We had to reset our lines. I guess we've not used it in a while, so uh, you can get in now to play uh, Gas Prices Right. Your choice of a concert that you want to go to. Brad Paisley is one of the great pickers. That's at the Creek. Brett Young at the uh, amphitheater over in uh, Raleigh. Red Hot. Red Hat. Uh, or the Kings of Leon, which are popular with the kids. 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. I think Ben's got the uh, the phone deck uh, now working, so if you want to uh, call in. Uh, While we're waiting, uh, a couple of other things to update you on uh, as well. Uh, And uh, you heard there uh, some great beach music. You'll be able to hear that tonight with the Embers down at the Town Common coming up at the top of the hour. Our uh, free and open to the public concert on the Common. Lots of great food trucks, lots of great refreshments, uh, lots of water to stay hydrated. So uh, head on out and get your seat now. Uh, concert will start right around six o'clock tonight. Uh, the uh, Greenville Little League team, nine and eleven-year-old All Stars, are the uh, state champions. They defeated Myers Park Trinity Little League, sweeping a doubleheader. Uh, there, it's not one of those deals this year because of COVID that they could advance out of that. So, 
that means that uh, this is as far as they could advance. So they've, they've won their last game. It is North State's third title in Little League history, the sixth title overall between North State and Tar Heel for the 9- and through 11-year-old age group, and the 26th overall state tournament for Greenville Little League in all age groups. Isn't that wild? But they uh, won last night. Our guy Tom Lamprex's uh, grandson was on the team. Uh, so congrats to the manager, Mark Hill, and uh, all of the uh, players there. Uh, Ryan Deloach, I guess, yeah, Ryan's kin to my buddy Joe Deloach there. Yeah, so uh, just uh, our friends, the Dildays, they had their son, Jacks, uh, Bryson, playing there. Uh, so congratulations. That's a cool thing for uh, for those kids. It's something they'll never forget, and I wish they could advance on, but just not to be this year. Uh, there's a game tonight over in Wilson. Southern Bank Stadium. Now, they have kind of built a miniature uh, version of, of Guy Smith or even kind of a miniature version of uh, Elm Street. It, it, you know, they built it the exact same way. It's just not as old. It's, old's not the word, but it's just it doesn't have the character that, you know, those stadiums that were built years ago have. But it's a good-looking stadium. I've seen some pictures of it. And this is in Wilson. It's Southern Bank Stadium, so they got the – Southern Bank people to kick some money in on it, obviously. And it's a really good-looking stadium, even though it's new over there. It's got a real classic feel about it. Uh, but uh, Tar Heel 8 through 10 will be playing tonight in the state championship game against Myers Park Trinity. Uh, Tar Heel does have a loss to give in this double elimination format, so they would have to be beat by Myers Park Trinity twice uh, in order not to win. So this is another opportunity to win a state championship. That is scheduled for 8 o'clock tonight. Uh, so if you're uh, jonesing for a little baseball, I think the parking is uh, 5 bucks over there in Wilson, according to Brian Weingartz. But uh, that's a pretty cool deal for those kids, the 8 and 10 All-Stars getting a chance to play. We're uh, less than a month from the uh, Softball World Series. Little it's going to be big. No, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge here in Greenville. Big, uh, big deal. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So uh, at time of year where you have Greenville Little League and you have people heading all around, and uh, that'll be uh, that. So congratulations uh, there to the, those kids winning the uh, state championship. There's another, uh, another uh tweet that dropped right before we went on here from our pal Brett McMurphy who's been on the show Notre Dame has announced that if you're a member of the media and you plan to cover the Fighting Irish this year in any sport you know cover the practices cover the press conferences or any game at Notre Dame you must be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 now I know in Indiana it is not it's a little looser, and it's one of the states that's been a little looser in recent times. They're trying to kind of walk a fine line and a fine balance. But uh, Notre Dame making that announcement. Now, that's only for games at Notre Dame. What happens when Notre Dame goes on the road to UNC? What happens if they go on the road to Clemson? I mean, that would seem like that would sort of, are they going to put this restriction if any of, and, and generally now it's not like the good old days 
where like a local media goes in to talk to the opposing coach. I did some of that work back in the days of yore on uh, the Pirate Sports Radio Network many, many, many moons ago. But, um, and, and used to be when newspapers were a thing, you'd run them out and they, sometimes if it was a big game, like for example, ECU and UNC or NC state more appropriately, uh, you might have the game by a newspaper, believe it or not, triple staffed. So you'd have somebody there to cover in this case, ECU obviously is the beat writer, somebody there to write a sidebar. Maybe that person would run over and grab some quotes from, you know, the NC State press conference after the game, which would be held kind of simultaneously with the ECU conference. Or uh, maybe you had a third reporter there that that was their job is to go cover co- uh, the quotes and uh, transcribe those quotes from the opposing team's perspective. Notre Dame, I would imagine, is a big enough deal when they come to town that even in this day and age of cutback newspaper staffs, media outlets not sending to to cover the uh, opposing locker room after the game, Notre Dame's a big enough act, especially in football, and, and obviously will be vying for an opportunity to play in the playoff again this year. That you would head over and and catch, try to catch the Notre Dame uh, press conference if if they're in your town playing your team. And so I wonder how Notre Dame is going to handle that if they're faced with that at any point, because basically if you're covering a Notre Dame team in any sport, you are not uh, going to be able to cover them from the standpoint of, uh, of uh, 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 just anything practice, locker, post-game, anything, unless you've been COVID vaccinated. And, again, that's just a tweet tweet from Brett McMurphy. So I'm sure Notre Dame has sent that out to all the national people. I'm I'm just kind of wondering and trying to think here how that would work. You know, I guess you're going to have to prove it somehow. Sort of like happened with the NCAA tournament with uh, covering ECU during the NCAA tournament here. Of course, the NCAA was over all of that. And uh, that is the big uh, that that was a, that was the thing. You had to kind of show your, because I, I had my vaccination card. I couldn't find it at the time. Yeah, even with baseball, it seemed like when we were getting tested, the people that were actually vac- vaccinated had a harder time getting in and getting through because you had to provide all your documentation. Right. If you didn't have it, you had to work around a couple other things. It was it, it was strange how that worked out. Uh, ECU men's basketball announcing today that they uh, have got three to come in via the transfer portal. Uh, they include Vance Jackson out of Pasadena, California. Vance Jackson's an interesting story. He was at Arkansas. He didn't play a lot this past year for that Arkansas team that uh, was kind of coming in as a favorite in the NCAA tournament. But he was a four-star out of Southern California that originally signed with UConn back when they were in the American. Those were in the last days. It may have even been the last recruiting class that Kevin Ollie had. He played a year at UConn. It was a freshman, and, and but, I mean, he scored the ball. He's a guy that can score and rebound a little bit. Then he went to New Mexico or New Mexico State? One of the two. New Mexico. New Mexico. 
and they've got a pretty decent tradition in basketball, and, and he was there for a couple of years and was one of their leading scorers. One of the teams I know particularly was not very good in one of the years he was there, but uh, Vance Jackson then transferred to Arkansas. So he's well-traveled, and with that extra COVID year now, that's what he's getting. Uh, Alonza Frank was one that uh, had just happened here recently, I was told. He was at South Carolina. Now, everybody in his class at South Carolina decided to transfer out of there once you could hit the portal and do the one-time transfer without any penalty. The Frank Martin situation there is uh, tenuous, to say the least, and I've been told that Frank necessarily wasn't displeased, but everybody in his recruiting class entered the portal, and he didn't want to be the only guy there that he came in with. And then Winston Tabs. Now, Dooley couldn't say anything about this. There was the issue at Boston College. A COVID rule was broken. But a kid that doesn't provide any trouble, but a guy that can score 15 a game and shoots 40% from three. And he's got all of that sorted out. He'll be able to transfer in now. He's from the Maryland area. And he'll provide ECU with a punch at the scoring guard position. Then they announced their three prep signees. Marlon Leston, who, when you look at star recruiting, for what that's worth, is not going to be a guy that's going to have a lot of stars beside his name. He was playing in the U.S. his junior year, but then left the U.S. to go back to Canada. He's Canadian from Montreal. He went back and then played his final year of high school ball up in uh, Canada, where he's from this past year. I've seen some video on him. He's long. He's got – it's one of those guys that you could see every time you would see him on video, he had something else he was bringing to that game. In other words, as he played more and as he got out there, he was starting to blossom kind of in front of your eyes if you watch the video. Could get to the hoop, could shoot a little bit, long, athletic. Uh, There's the kid, Jaquan Scott out of Arlington, Texas, the uh, TLAP Sports Academy, and then Javon Small, who uh, is uh, the player out of Indianapolis. So those are the six that are coming in. Uh, Frank, as we mentioned, the kid out of South Carolina, 6'8". Jackson, 6'9", 230, has scored 1,000 points and grabbed over 500 rebounds in his career. Uh, He led the league in three-point shooting in conference play and was uh, on the all-freshman team for the American his one year at UConn. Tabs, as we mentioned, was uh, the only BC player to play in 20 – the previous three seasons at Boston College, played only 27 games because of injuries and the COVID protocols, but he averaged 14 as a freshman, came out average 13 uh, a year ago, in the 12 games that he played. But he shoots 40% from three. So that that certainly helps. Uh, the kid, Leston, the freshman, born in Haiti, moved to Canada with his mother, mother at age five, his mother, his mother at age five. And he's 6'9", 200, and again, can put it on the deck, can get to the rack. Scott, 6'8", another one of those. Uh, and then Small, the really good guard combo guard out of Indianapolis. So when you look up and down, you have addressed the three-point shooting on the guy, a couple guys that are proven scorers at the D1 level. 
But the majority of these guys are in that 6'6", 6'8", range and can score in a variety of ways, can defend a variety of positions. And that's one thing we've heard Joe Dooley talk about. In the American, you have to have guys like that. You have to have the guys that are in that 6'6", 6'7", 6'8", maybe 6'9", range that are forwards that can be versatile, that are two-way guys that can defend a variety of positions and also that can do other things as far as scoring the basketball. So that announcement uh, also came out uh, today. Well, you got to have guys that can shoot more than anything. Well, and I think with with uh, Tabs, they, they, you know, that's addressed, obviously. Yep. Obviously. Jackson's a pretty solid shooter. Yeah, he is. You know, but the, the young guys are the young guys. But uh, to me, you've brought in three. You brought in an SEC guy. Uh, you've brought in a uh, a guy that has proven he could score and rebound, and in tabs that could shoot the basketball. So I I, I think that's some real exciting news. Uh, and uh, a lot of the hand wringing that was going on uh, when things kind of broke and the portal became a thing a couple months ago. Uh, you know, I think now that things have settled down, the dust has kind of settled. You've brought some workmen, workmen-like guys in, and some guys that could score the basketball. So you're going to have some new names. But look, this is this is the reality of college basketball now. You're going to have a lot of new guys year in and year out. I think that sport is going to see it the most. It'll be interesting to see what happens after football this year, and ultimately what kind of ends up happening down the road. Hopefully, NIL is kind of uh, the endorsement kind of. Well, that's that's the thing that that's the thing that's supposed to kind of keep it from being a an epidemic. But you would think guys would still want to go to bigger schools because you would think that means more endorsements or more money. Well, not if not if you're a guy that's, you know. Uh, all right. We're going to uh, grab a uh, break here. We're going to link up with Brian Mull. And uh, before we do that, Ben is going to run through everything going on in the world of sports. Got a lot of things to talk about there. Uh, so, Ben, take it away, and then we'll link up with Brian Mall and get a preview of the British Open. Thanks, Patrick. Ben Barm here for 94 Through the Game Sports Update. ECU basketball officially notches six commitments. The class includes D1 transfers Alonzo Frank from South Carolina, Vance Jackson from Arkansas, and Winston Tabs from Boston College, along with prep signees Marlon Weston from Montreal, Jaquan Scott from Arlington, Texas, and Javon Small from Indianapolis. ECU softball gets some transfers of their own as right-handed pitcher from UCF Madison Davis and Dayton left-handed pitcher Addie Bullis. Both have officially signed on to join the Pirate Pigeon staff. From the NFL, the Panthers and star right tackle Taylor Moat hadn't made progress towards a new deal going into this week, but have planned to have conversations prior to the deadline. Meanwhile, free agent cornerback cornerback Richard Sherman was arrested on burglary, burglar, burglary domestic violence. Excuse me. Reports indicate Sherman was also involved in a hit and run and was denied bail. Other reports indicate he had to be subdued by a canine. From the NBA, the Phoenix Suns heading to Milwaukee tonight with a 2-1 lead as Game 4 tips off tonight at 9. The current odds makers have the Suns as the underdogs by 4.5 points. Injury report for tonight's game as former Rookie of the Year and Suns forward Dario Saric out while the Bucks will be without Dante DiVincino. The Lakers are gauging interest from teams for a potential trade in, involving Kyle Kuzma and Dennis Schroeder. And from the NHL, the Carolina Hurricanes trade for Oilers goalie Dylan Wells 
in exchange for future considerations. That's going to do it for your 94 Super Game Sports update. On the other side of this timeout, Caddy Network's Brian Mole on the British Open, and here for one of the third after this quick timeout. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Happy hours are always a swashbuckling good time with the P-Man. Happy hour for me never starts till after five. Me either. This is only number three. Let's get back to the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Don't British Open starting around 2 in the morning. First guys will tee off. They get something, uh, I think the sun sets where they're playing in England this time of year to like 10 at night. And so they'll have plenty of sunlight to play this. Uh, We've also uh, got Harold Varner III playing. He was originally kind of on that first alternate list. Uh, and then because of some COVID withdrawals and that sort of thing, um, Harold is uh, is in. So a lot of folks uh, ready for a Royal St. George's. This is the final major of that uh, crazy kind of super season because of COVID. And uh, our guy Brian Mole has kind of gone out as he always does and um, – handicap this thing for us. So uh, we're going to link up with Brian here. We're still trying to get some of our phone things worked out a little bit. It's been one of those, uh, the best laid plans uh, sort of days. Uh, But uh, that is where we are. Uh, And uh, big question is, would you stay? Are you, you know, I hopefully will not be anywhere near the start of this thing at 2 a.m. But, uh, you know, I get up extremely early. And so I'm looking forward to a little golf tomorrow on this. Looking forward to seeing this uh, tomorrow. And uh, I'm kind of looking forward to the course is going to be a little different. I would even call it rough. I would call it growth. Apparently, what represents the rough in an effort to prevent the uh, players from just driving the ball a gazillion miles down the fairway now. Uh, they've they've just kind of let that rough and that thicket grow up. And uh, that has led to uh, a changing kind of the dynamic of the golf course. You better hit it straight. You better hit fairways. The fairways, they got like a month's worth of rain in two days. And that's a lot of rain for that part of the world. That'd be like saying... Florida got a month's worth of rain this time of year in, in two days. It's a ton. So it's it's been a really soft course. 
And that, of course, would lend itself to some real scoring opportunities, particularly on the greens there. We'll also see how this plays out as far as uh, the fairways, because I, I read something this morning that they were going to keep watering the fairways, uh, even just to try to keep them soft. So, uh, Harold Varner the third will will look up where HV three is going to tee off six uh, thirty in that six thirty in the morning. Yep. All right. Pick up in the morning. You're ready for it. Watch a little hair of one of the third. <laughs> there you go. Well, I, see, I've got 6.58 a.m. is what I have. I had a rough estimate there. A little bit too rough. <laughs> you had seen it, but you didn't. It wasn't committed to memory. Yeah. I understand. I understand totally there. But Harold's first trip, and again, he got in as an alternate on this uh, thing. Uh, Brooks Kepko tee off around 3 this morning. Good grief. Keep him away from... Uh, DeChambeau. DeChambeau's, uh, I believe, going over there with a new caddy. Kind of a bad time to be doing that, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Uh, 425 is when DeChambeau will tee off. Jordan Spieth will tee off in that same uh, grouping at that same time. Uh, just kind of looking through here. About Shafle. Shafle even playing. Uh, yeah, he is, because uh, there's some people that think he has a real shot this week. Stuart Sink, who's a multiple-time winner on the tour this year. We know Brian thinks he has a real shot. Yeah, uh, 509. Uh, Will Zalatoris, who is uh, kind of taking things by a storm. Master stud. Yeah. He'll tee off in a group with Dustin Johnson at uh, 520. Uh, this morning, uh, we mentioned Harold, HV3. We'll tee off right before 7 tomorrow morning. So uh, keep an eye on that, and that's where you can uh, you can watch it, obviously, or uh, listen in tomorrow on your commute there. Uh, old McGee on Sports will have an update for you. Live updates of Harold Varner's round as uh, it happens tomorrow. Phil Mickelson at 948 tomorrow. Shafle right at 10. Actually, right before 10, 959. Uh, tomorrow, your boy Pretty Ricky Fowler is playing in a uh, trio with uh, Xander Schauffele. So There was some thought that Ricky Fowler maybe uh, Rory McIlroy, by the way, tees at uh, 1021, uh, former Open winner. Uh, there's some thought that would Fowler have been better served to stay behind this week and play the event that's being played, I think, in Illinois? Why would and, you not want to play in a major well, he hasn't played well, Ben. <laughs> hey, I'll play in it regardless. Uh, I get what you're saying, but the idea is um, he may not be able to. Um, he, he may not be able to do well because he's not played very well this year. He's figured it out the last few weeks. But the idea being that why not stay behind, get that win monetarily it's not going to be lucrative for you, but you get that win and you kind of, or you have the potential to get a win against a lesser field. And then all of a sudden you're kind of back in the, uh, you know, back to the idea that you can win tournaments. Phil Mickelson kind of did that when he went on, on the champions tour last year, something he swore he was never going to do. And he went and he saw the ball go in the hole. He won, won both the champions events he played in. And that was a catalyst and a springboard for Lefty, uh, ultimately culminating with the PGA Championship this year. 
I think Ricky, you know, he's got a baby on another baby on the way. He's just trying to make make the cut, get that cut money. Well, it's, that's been an issue. By. It's yeah. been an issue this year. Uh, I think with Brian, um, there is uh, an issue with uh, his phone, or our phones continue to be a little bit of an issue. He's still got a Nokia, so, you know, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't look like that's going to happen uh, here today. Uh, too bad. But everything got to get up early tomorrow. I mean, he's maybe he's already asleep. He, he he might already be in bed. It's a big weekend for him at his homestead because he's got uh, widespread panic. Is playing concerts down in Wilmington. They're That's opening his favorite. It is. They're opening their brand new amphitheater. And I, when I did talk to him earlier this week, he said they were going to. He was going to all three shows. <laughs> that just seems like a big Super fan over here. That seems like a big uh, weekend. To go to all three shows. You think they play different songs, or they're just going to play the same the same lineup? Every well, you night? know, so I heard. I guess Metallica is having a real exclusive for certain fans. I guess fan club members shows in San Francisco in December. Uh, and Metallica, when they're also like on the bill twice of some kind of festival out, coming up out in Rockingham. Yeah, yep. and Metallica is famous for a different set list if they're doing multiple night stands. Yeah. So you'll, I, I, I would love to ask Maul that because I'm sure Maul's seen him before in a jam band situation. But again, we don't, uh, we, we don't get a chance to do that. All right. Uh, here we go. I think we might have uh, solved our issue and gotten him on here. We got Brian? Brian Maul joining us now from the Caddy Network after I vamped okay. through, the, through the golf situation for a little bit there. Uh, but I, I think this Ben has brought up a, a question. I think that's more germane. Never mind what's going on across the pond. The hell with that. Does widespread vary their set list when they do a three night, or is it the same set list each night? Uh, they will not repeat a song. Wow. Wow. Right. So wow. They, they have about two, 200 or so probably in their repertoire with anything possible at any moment. But, uh, you know, they played a hundred. They played in Colorado a couple weeks ago. They played four nights in a row, three at Red Rocks. Played roughly a hundred songs, no repeats. Wow, really? Now is this a deal where they and play like the an same, album front to back? They'll do the same here. Now they may play some songs here that they played there, but they generally go three or four days. Okay. Yeah, three or four shows yeah. before they repeat a song. All right, our lines are funky today, and, and you're getting a little funky there. So I'm going to go ahead and just give you. Uh, kind of your picks to click over overseas uh, at the British Open this week. Um, well, it's the, the most unpredictable tournament of the season because of the weather and the wind and the crazy bounces that Lynx Golf can uh, provide. And we've seen that the last two times the, the Open Championship has been held at Royal St. George's with uh, tremendous long shots. Ben Curtis, I think he was 350 to 1. Uh, gunning down a star-studded field, and then uh, Darren Clark, who was in the triple digits as well, doing the same uh, in 2011. So anything is possible over there, and certainly the link specialists uh, should be should always be regarded highly. Um, that being said, uh, I, I, I keep picking Xander Shoffley in the majors, and he keeps getting tantalizingly close. Uh, I feel like this is a, a, another good fit for him. He finished second at Carnoustie to Francisco Molinari a couple of years ago when mm -hmm. Tiger was in the hunt. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, he's gone back to his uh, normal way of putting after experimenting with the arm lock putting, which basically cost him the U.S. Open in his native San Diego a few weeks ago. Did he just get married? uh, And he just got married. Okay, all right. He just got married, and he uh, he finished eighth in his first event as a married man. The Scottish Open last week, and apparently uh, his wife called him or texted him and said, See, the, the curse isn't, there's nothing to the curse. Nothing because, to the curse. Oh, yes. You finish in the top 10. All right. Uh, HV3 tees off just before seven. This is Harold's, uh, seven Eastern. This is Harold's first uh, go round uh, in this uh, major. He got in as an alternate. Uh, uh, w- great story, but we just don't have time for it. But how do you see HV3 performing in this setting? You know, it's always tricky the first time. Experience is a huge advantage this week more than other, any others. But with, you know, as solid as he hits the golf ball, his ball striking numbers have been terrific all season. I like his chances to make it to the weekend. I really do. Um, I think he, he controls his flight. He, he can hit different shots. He's a creative, you know, type player. He's not afraid to take chances. And you need a little bit of that this week. And the greens are a little slower, and which may suit him. Uh, he may feel like he can be a little bit more aggressive. So I would not be surprised at all for, for Harold to uh, to play the weekend and um, you know, he's coming off a pretty good week uh, at John, John Deere uh, last week, finishing top 15. All right, give me an idea, uh, and, and Ben has made it where we have some more time here. Brian Mull uh, with us for the Caddy Network. So uh, Ben has earned his paycheck today because uh, he's been, uh, he's been, he's been uh, contorting himself in different positions to make sure that everything runs like it, uh, it should. Uh, let me ask you this, Brian. Uh, the course, I, I wouldn't even call it rough. I would call it growth. Uh, uh, what is the layout? Yeah, you do not want to be in it. Um, the from everything I can understand, they've had a tremendous amount of rain through the winter there, way more than normal, and they had a lot early this week or last weekend. So the golf course is very soft. Uh, we've seen Royal St. George's and, of course, the other links courses being very brown and bouncy and the ball rolling all over the place. I don't think you're going to see a lot of that this week, and I think because of that, well-struck drives are going to remain in the fairway. Um, and if they do bounce out of the fairway, they'll they'll be in the first cut and not in that crazy long stuff. You'll have to really be offline to end up in that stuff. And if that's the case, I think the scoring will be pretty good. This has traditionally been the most difficult, at least in the last 20 years, it's been the most difficult course in the rotation over there, winning scores of, of you know just a few shots under par. And uh, I think that we'll see somebody get closer to, to 10, 10, maybe even 12 under if it remains this soft. Uh, but it's a great layout, a lot of cool shots, a lot of dog legs, uh, a few blind shots, um, really, really large greens. And uh, like every course in Scotland and England, the number one goal is to avoid the bunkers at all costs because they're truly penalties. Um, you will not hear any golfers yelling, get in the bunker like they do in basically every tournament on the PGA right, Tour. right. Uh, because it's such a penalty, they do not uh, want to be in there. Last time the Open was there, Thomas Bjorn uh, left it in the bunker on 16 twice with a with a three-shot lead, and it cost him the tournament. Yeah. Hey, uh, Brian Mull, Caddy Network with us here. What event is the – what's the PGA Tour event this week? The Barbasol Championship in Kentucky. That's right, Kentucky. Yeah, I think I said Illinois a minute ago, but it is Kentucky. Um, it. I, I brought this up with Ben's guy, Pretty Ricky Fowler. Would he have been better served to stay back – play an event like that with the field maybe not as as stout as it has been just to try to get a little mojo going here near the end of the year no ricky actually i like him this week i don't like him to win but i like him to have a good week he he is a very good record 
both in the Walker Cup as an amateur over there and in the British Open on Lynx Golf Courses. Multiple top tens, a lot of really good rounds and tough, windy conditions. He flights the golf ball. Of course, he lives down in South Florida, so he's no stranger to the wind. I think Ricky Fowler is a good good pick, a good play this week in fantasy, um, you know, because of, there's a lot of value there. And uh, I, I think he's going to I think he's trending upward. The results haven't quite matched it yet, but um, I think his game's heading in the right direction. His putting's been a little better in the last few tournaments. So, uh, real quick, who are the guys like that are playing in this event in Kentucky this week? Because it's not a very big purse. I mean, are these guys that are trying to, you know, maybe uh, pick up some dollars, get that first uh, win, or get a first win of the year, first win in a while, so they can assure themselves a tour card? What kind of field is that in Kentucky this week? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's probably the weakest field of the year, as you can imagine, because, uh, but what you've got is a ton of guys, uh, that are between 110th, say, and 190th on the FedEx Cup standings who are looking at this as a tremendous opportunity. Now, the points, uh, that, that'll give out, you know, it's not as many as a regular event because it's an opposite field event, but still every point counts. And so you have a lot of guys that are either trying to lock up their spot in the playoffs or are trying to at least get into the top 150 uh, so they'll have some status on the PGA Tour next year. And they're running out of time to do that. Uh, you've got an event next week in Minnesota and then the event in Greensboro, and that's basically all that uh, with the Olympics. That's basically it for the, for the rank-and-file uh, you know, average member of the PGA Tour. So uh, I, there's an event in Reno, too. But, but the time is running, running out. And so if, you're, if you haven't secured your card and you're in that 130s, 140s, 150, I mean, you're playing this week and, and just hoping for the best. It's a golf course where you have to shoot 20. I think the winning score has been 23 and 26 under the two years they've had it there. So you've got to go up there and make a ton of birdies. All right, Brian. Basically th- a Corn Ferry Tour event. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. a little bit stronger yeah. field. British Open, uh, 1.35 a.m. is when things will uh, tee off tonight. Brian, thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Thanks, Patrick. All right, there he goes. Brian Mull, Caddy Network. Check out uh, his work there. And again, HV3 teeing off uh, just before 7 is the scheduled uh, time right now. Ben, uh, they auctioned off a part of Eastern North Carolina Americana today. The Vernon Park Mall. The first Ah. mall in the (laughs) East. Oh, no. Got auctioned off. I think Belkin, uh, maybe one or two other tenants were still in there in K-Town. They've auctioned it all. I hope they're going to do something with it. And not Buy it out and make it a mansion. Could. Plenty of room. Got a lot of work that needs to be done in the roof of that place, though. Uh, but $2.7 million is what it uh, was sold for in the auction. Wow. Piece of the P-Man's youth. I didn't know an old mall could go for that much. I didn't think that one would go for that much. Although it's <laughs> a huge plot of land. All right. Uh, hey. Thanks to Brian Mull. Ben, great job today. And uh, don't forget, Concert on the Common begins at 6 o'clock. The Embers, featuring our great friend Craig Woolard. Head on out. Lots of refreshments. Stay cool. Enjoy the music. Enjoy a great evening. And we'll be back tomorrow. Larry Williford, the coach of uh, Farmville Central, is going to be our guest. I want to talk to Larry about his basketball program. Give him a little shine when he's not in season because they've had just an amazing run the last few years. Uh, That tomorrow uh, here on the PJ Show.